guys, Dave DeBow here with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, zooming in with us, we've got a real estate power team, a couple power team, Derek and Sophie Clifford. These folks are multifamily investors, they're podcasters, they're vloggers, they're influencers, authors. My goodness, you guys have done a lot when it comes to real estate investing. And here's the cool thing. They haven't been full-time real estate investors that long. They went from getting into this part-time, now they're into it full-time, and they are really dialing in the three freedoms, like freedom of location, freedom of what the heck you want to do, financial freedom. This is what it's really all about, and that's what these guys help other people to accomplish, either actively or passively as well. So Derek, Sophie, welcome to the uh, podcast. Dave, it is an honor to be on with you. Yes, I love your energy, Dave. It's yes. so fun. Always so well, fun. Well, thanks, you guys. I had the pleasure of being on your podcast not that long ago, so I'm thrilled yep. to have you on mine. And now, you guys, you know what? I've been divorced once. I'm on my second marriage. I'm trying to make this one work. You guys seem to be happy. You seem to have things going on nicely. And here's the thing. You're working together in your real estate investing business. So that could potentially make things a little bit more complicated because it's one thing to be happily married. It's a completely different thing to be happily married and working together. Those things don't often go hand in hand. So first of all, why don't you kind of walk us through how that journey evolved for you guys? Yeah. So thanks, Dave. And first of all, it's great to be on your podcast. Good to be talking with you again. Anytime we get the opportunity to talk with the with great people, we're honored to do so. So it's great to be on. Well, thanks for pumping my tires a bit there, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when when we first started investing, a lot of the vision, and this is kind of a theme that we've been that we've been taking throughout our journey, is that Sophie tends to be the higher level, the vision, like why are we doing this type of thing? And then I'm usually in the trenches, kind of doing a lot of the a lot of the work. A lot of the underwriting, talking with brokers, but Sophie has been instrumental in working with investors and also building our internal team as of late, especially. Oh, I get it. It's the beauty and the brawn. There you go. That's right. <laughs> it's the beauty and the unbrawn is basically how it, how it works out. Smart. It's delegation. You know? That's, that's yeah. what it's all about. Now, you guys, the reason I'm so excited about having this conversation is it takes me back to when I got divorced. All right. When I separated from my ex-wife and at that time I was doing some interviews and I happened to interview two couples two days in a row. And because I was in that, that phase of my life, I was kind of reflecting on what are the keys to success for a successful relationship. So I asked both these couples and amazingly, they didn't even know each other. They gave me the same answers, right? And mm. they were like you guys. They'd, they'd been together for a long time. They're working together. They not only loved each other, they liked each other. And I can tell that you guys love each other and you <laughs> like each other. And that's huge. I said, what was the key to your success? And both of them basically gave me the same answer. It's it's it's, uh, it's commitment. So obviously commitment to each other. And more importantly, commitment towards a common goal. That was a big thing that came across there. So that whole thing of commitment. Communication was another big thing. So, you know, the Bingo. whole thing about don't go to bed angry and all that kind of stuff. That was clear communication was really important for them. And the third one was compromise. And they both basically said, hey, you know what? We figured out a while ago that neither one of us can always get our way. And sometimes we have to come up with a solution that neither one of us is thrilled about, but we can both live with. 
So does that resonate at all with you guys? And have you seen that kind of in your journey as a couple and as a working couple? Yeah, absolutely, Dave. I think for us, the way, so we've been together almost 12 years now and we've been married about six. And so I think what helped our foundation was we actually started off the first five years long distance. So all we could do, he was getting his master's in Germany and I was in Seattle getting my doctorates. And so we had to just talk. We had to learn how to communicate because that's really all we had. Our, our whole relationship was built upon that foundation. And also another aspect of like how we've made it work. I mean, we're definitely not perfect. And we've, you know, we've gone through a lot of, you know, books. You look pretty language. darn close, you guys, to me. You look pretty <laughs> darn close. <laughs> well, we're so flattered. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That. And, you know, it's, I think we've come to also realize what our strengths are as well in terms of, you know, again, like Derek was saying, I tend to be more kind of visionary. And in that vein, I tend to be a little bit head in the clouds. Mm. And he pulls me down. And but then when he's in the trenches, I can be like, but wait, let's take a look at the bigger vision and all of this. And so, you know, kind of bringing that back to real estate investing, I grew up in a real estate investing family. Mm. My parents are immigrants, they're refugees from Cambodia. And so all I knew was entrepreneurship, all I knew, and all I understood was that anything is possible. And so that was what I you know, try to, and we butted heads because he's like, well, how, tell me how, tell me how. And I'm like, who cares how it's just going to happen. It's going to get done. Figure it out. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how that's your job. Your job is to figure out the how I'm just telling you the what you figure it out. Yeah. That's exactly how it went. But you know, that's, it went fine because that's kind of where my brain goes anyway. And kind of by default, we just discovered this dynamic, right? And so we were trying things out. And that's why I think that of those, the C's that you were just talking about, the, uh, the other couples had that I completely 100% agree with, the communication and the ongoing conversation about what it is that makes the whole thing tick. What's yeah. important to you? Because there's three dynamics in a relationship. There's you, your spouse, and then the together. Like th- those are all three different dynamics happening at the same time. Right. And so the communication is the only way that you can get one spouse to talk with you or the one spouse to talk with the other so that all three of those dynamics are being kept in check at the same time. So you guys, I know you've worked with a lot of, a lot of people and you've spoken with a lot of couples. And one of the challenges I've seen over the years with real estate investors is when one person's 100% on board and just going hard with the real estate investing, but their partner isn't on board with them. So they're, they might not be supportive. They might actually be the opposite of supportive. They might be literally dragging that person down or you know, getting in the way of them having success. What are some tips or or suggestions for people on how to get your spouse on board with you in real estate? Yeah, you know, Dave, I'll I'll take a stab at this and I want to see what Sophie thinks about it too. But there's a couple of things. The first thing is again the communication, like talk finding something to talk about that you both understand is important. That's kind of the so second. What, what does that what does that mean actually, Derek? So, well, so in our case, you know, putting a concrete example to it, it was our budget. Like we used to follow the Dave Ramsey approach, which was, okay, you know, how much money is coming in and how much money is going out of the month inside of our personal household. And having that conversation was the communication flow that we had on that subject that interested both of us in different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, Sophie was interested in security and safety and feeling like that we were in a good place financially. And I was 
more on the investment side, like trying to figure out how much can we invest or how much should we invest. And I think something that precedes that that's important, and I'm sure you get this a lot from other couples who maybe you talk to too, is vision. The importance of where you want to be as a couple in the future, that helps drive a lot of the decision and activity making. And it also helps you discover, again, with that three-person dynamic, you, your spouse, and the togetherness, figure out like what the future of that is. And if you understand what that future is, then you can break it down into goals or things, at least directions. And then once you have buy-off, right, that's when you can start stepping into these things, right? And it can be a very small way. Like it can be, hey, I just want to talk to you about real estate investing. This is what I'm learning because I'm interested in this. It can be talking about what it is the future is going to be down the road and how to get there. And I think in general, curiosity is important. But what I like to always say, Dave, and this is kind of the punchline to take away for people who are struggling with this, is for every I, there should be 99 we's in that discussion. It's always about the we. So try to not use the word I, use the word we when you're talking about what to do and how to do it. And you'll find that out of your language, your perspective and what you talk about is going to shift by using the word we. That's a fascinating idea. Hold that thought for a second. Hi there, this is Dave DeBow, and real estate investors hire me to raise capital the right way. Why? Because most of them are stuck with too small of a portfolio, and they don't know how to attract investors and raise money for their deals. So I help them to connect, capture, and close their ideal money partners. Bottom line, when you've got a deal, you're going to have the capital to do it. So go ahead and book a no-cost capital clarity session with me at bookachatwithdave.com. Again, that's bookachatwithdave.com. Very good. Sophie, what's your take on this whole? Yeah, I definitely the we, because, you know, it took me a few years to kind of hop on the we. I always caught myself until he brought it up. Like, wow, I am, I am using I a lot. Mm -hmm. And so that really shifted the game for me. And then also, you know, we always, a couple of things. So I always tend to get a little bit emotional, like, you know, just when I hear new ideas and I'm like either super excited or because I I feel like my personality, I'm kind of governed by emotions. Mm -hmm. And what I learned, um, and this could be advice for anybody, but what I learned was just like, take a minute to pause and allow those emotions to kind of settle, but be it through breath work or through, you know, just kind of whatever relaxes you. Yeah, anything. And just be able to tap into perhaps that, I don't know what the phrase is, maybe cognitive dissonance, where you can hold two perspectives at once. And so oftentimes, you know, we're always coming at it from our own experience, our own upbringing. But I think it's really important to be able to say, okay, really, where is he coming from, from an objective perspective? Mm -hmm. And being able to develop that skill and hone that muscle of holding two completely independent ideas and perspectives at the same time. Subjectively. Yeah, or objectively. objectively. Yeah, not, <laughs> and then that'll. That's yeah. kind of complex, you guys. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. But it's it's, it's, I guess it's way beyond walking and chewing bubble gum at the same oh, time. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I would say so too. But you know, and it's a developed muscle. But I think that that's why I like to say that just use the word we because intuitively you'll kind of understand what it is that we're saying and we're trying to like put it into words. But in practice, that's what is going to happen if you start using that type of conversation. So, so what, what would be an example, if you guys don't mind, and I'm putting you on the spot here, but what would be an example of like the before and after version of the conversation, or the kind of conversations you guys were having, where yeah. you transformed it from me or I to we? 
Yeah. So a lot of it was, for instance, I wanted to retire by age 40, or I wanted to reach a certain point where it was, you know, where I didn't have to worry about money anymore. I didn't have to worry about money. But when I started to put the word we in front of it, I can't say, I don't want us to worry about money because Sophie already doesn't like, it's just not in her, it's not in her programming. Like we, she knows that whatever we do, we're going to figure it out. I had come from a different school, right? So when you use the word we, it's not true anymore, right? We need to figure out our money situation. That doesn't apply. That's not true. So when you use the word we, you have to find something that's more universally acceptable that fits with the dynamic of your partner. So what did that look like for you guys in that conversation? Yeah. So what it looked like then, and and this was a while ago, but what it looked like was being able to do the things that we wanted to do and being able to carry out the vision that we had for our lives, which was to be able to travel, not have to worry about finances, not have to check our bank account every month. And the miraculous thing is, is that we've achieved all of that. And it's because we started to understand what it is that we both wanted together as a team. And now that we're both on the same page, we're working together instead of against each other because we have our own agendas. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me ask you guys this, because this is selfish questions, right? So again, it's, it's like <laughs> how to, how to, you know, get a little bit of your relationship mojo. So how do you guys suggest to couples who haven't had these kind of conversations before, who haven't really sat down and, and come up with a couple vision, how do you even get that? How do you do that? How do you get that conversation going? What does that look like? Are you guys doing vision boards together and lists of goals? and all? What, what does that look like for you? So I have a thought real quick, and then I'm, I want to see what yeah. Sophie has to say. Yeah. But I think that once you understand this is something that you want, I would not advise going straight in to a conversation. <laughs> I hate to say this, uh, but what I would do is... Oh, you tell me. <laughs> no, here's, here's what I would do. I would say that once you make this realization that you want to create a shared vision with your couple yeah. or with your spouse, with your spouse, what I would do is I would start listening first. Ask a question and just listen to hear what it is that drives them. Because when you have the discussion and you sit down, you're like, you know, I've really been giving... Like, let's say your spouse is really interested in going to Maui, right? But your financial situation just can't afford that. And you keep hearing it over and over again when you ask questions like, man, wouldn't it be nice to go to Africa or something? And I'm like, no, I'd rather go to Maui, right? That's what your spouse would say. And so you just, you collect that. So it starts with curiosity about your spouse and the intention of trying to build something later. So you're just gathering information for what drives the other person and being the leader and saying, this is what I think we can do, right? How does this sound? How does this vision sound? And so once you make the decision to go ahead and have this shared vision discussion with the spouse, it starts with gathering the interest so that you know how to navigate the conversation and be the bigger person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I, again, Dave, like I said, I come at it with like a lot of like, you know, momentum and like, and he's, he's only hearing and seeing my emotion and he, you know, it's like, okay, let's pause, let's hear, let's, you know, the integrator in him wants to hear the how, so he can start planning forward. And everything, everything Derek said, and I would say, you know, as far as like key tips, advice, there's probably no single magic bullet, simply because, you know, we have literally like done it all. We've been to a ton of conferences. We've read all of the books and we 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 owe it to our coaches. We have the best mentors and they've been married about 55 years. And 
even them, they, they don't have the magic bullet, but they, they show us what it looks like to, you know, that it's okay that you can argue, you can disagree, that it doesn't have to be all like roses all the time. And I think maybe perhaps in and of itself, that could be the magic bullet. We're just like, all right, we can like- We'll figure it out. We yeah. we know each other's language. We understand what each other's values are, which thankfully are not far different from each other, which means it's easier for us to relate to one another. And we know what language to use. We know to not use accusatory language to say, you didn't do this. Instead, we just use language that was, this didn't get done. How can we fix that? Yeah. So, you know, just using objective language, like that type of stuff that we just learned, picked up very, you know, subtly over the years. Yeah. And just, just re-emphasizing, reassuring each other again, like Derek said, like we are a team. I'm going to borrow what our mentor said to us when we asked them that question. Yeah. And pretty much they said, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to fight, you're going to run into these, but you just have to cherish each other keep talking and keep communicating whatever that looks like and there's and so i think you know even when we're upset with each other we know that like i mean he's my favorite person and so i don't know if that answers your question but you know all of the practical stuff is there i recommend everyone just try it go down the list try try everything see what sticks but at the end of the day yes it is about like do you truly cherish this person agreed and one last thing dave i know this is supposed to be a short form (laughs) podcast but one last thing i wanted to add to is that when it takes a level of self-awareness to be able to put a name to an emotion but this as soon as you can throw out what you're feeling out to the other person And the other person knows to hold it in that space that Sophie was talking about where it's objective, then the honesty starts coming out, right? Like the, instead of you being afraid of you revealing your true emotion, like instead, a lot of people, what they do is they turn around and walk away and they just don't want to have the conversation or they escalate immediately to anger. Mm -hmm. Instead, I think being able to hold the emotion and be able to calmly express what you're feeling because of a certain reason. And then always removing the you language, just saying, I'm feeling upset because this didn't, the cooking didn't, didn't get done or, and I'm hungry right now. And so I apologize. So having that level of awareness to be able to name the emotion and then put it on an objective thing that can be fixed. That's so instead of blaming the person, you're blaming an outcome or you're blaming a process. So that way there's a constructive way forward to to have a solution there. Really complicated. And these are just all things that we do right now automatically. And so it takes years of practice to do this. But I think these are just a few symptoms of the underlying process that we have right now. That's wonderful. You guys, thank you so much for sharing some insights into how you've made it work as a couple and as a couple investing and working together. It's fantastic. So I know you guys have got all sorts of different ways that people can connect with you, but if you could give us number one, your best website, and number two, the name of your podcast, because you guys have got an amazing podcast that thank you. I think thank people you. should listen to. So what's the best website for people to check you out on? Sure. Yeah, everything is um is on elevateequity.org. That's where we have a lot of our uh, blogs, videos, podcasts. Our book is also up there too, a, a, a link straight to Amazon. And lots of other goodies there too. So that's the place where you can find us online for everything. Or folks can email me directly at Derek, that's D-E-R-E-K, at elevateequity.org. And then Sophie, she can be reached on her email Yeah, too. that's Sophie at elevateequity.org as well. Excellent, you guys. Well, there thank you, you so much. It's always a blast. 
I really appreciate your insights. Thank, Thank you so you. much, Dave. It was a pleasure being on. All right, everyone. Take care. and We'll see you on the next episode. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at InvestorAttractionBook.com. Again, InvestorAttractionBook.com. Take care.